Welcome to the Grace Rancho weekly podcast, where our goal is to help you, our church members, better understand the what and the why behind all we do as a church. My name is Michael Sherritt, and I'm here with Pastor Eric Durso. Hello, everyone. How you doing today? I'm doing well on this Monday afternoon. Splendid. So today, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, what I want to talk about is how do we think a little more deeply about what we talked about yesterday during the sermon, and that is a theological. The, I can't even say the word. Try it again. Theological um, issues and how we process uh, how important these issues are for unity. Um, and what issues are, are so important that if we do not agree on them, then we cannot have unity. So there are certain issues that are make it or break it. If we don't agree, we are not on the same team. There are other issues that we can disagree on and yet shake hands and say we're on the same team. Um, and so I feel like in the sermon yesterday, there probably could have been a little detour to address those questions. I addressed sure. it very briefly, but but not as much as I could have. So um, we're going to go a little bit that direction today. Sweet. Um, why don't you just give us a little bit of a recap from yesterday when you were in Mark 9. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening, you want to go listen to that sermon. It's the sermon from May 9th, 2021. Good old fashioned Mother's Day sermon. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, give us a recap about kind of who we should affirm, how we should think about those things. Okay, well, the, the story is Jesus is uh, with his disciples. The disciples see a man they don't know casting out demons, doing it effectively and in the name of Christ. They uh, try to stop him. And Jesus says they shouldn't stop him uh, because he's doing it um, in the power of Christ with the authority of Christ and it is going to exalt Christ it, whoever is not against them is for them Jesus says and he affirms this man in his ministry and so it's basically a lesson okay here are the disciples trying to shut down a ministry here is Jesus telling the disciples to stop trying to shut it down don't do that so it's the whole issue of, of what can we affirm and what can we, what what are things we do need to separate from that we we could shouldn't affirm? So, uh, although the the passage really is about Jesus uh, helping his disciples learn how to deal with a ministry that's not their own, um, and and helping them learn to affirm a ministry they should affirm, the implications of the text also cause us to ask the question: What are the issues we can't affirm? Uh, what are the theological? doctrines we need to commit to and hold so tightly um, and, and understand that if these are lost, we are we are no longer Christian because those doctrines exist. So we talked about in the middle point, there are three main things all under the umbrella of uh, the person and work and supremacy of Christ. Actually, those are the three points <laughs> under the umbrella of what it means to exalt Christ. So we would yeah. say it like this, just to summarize it up. The, uh, Ministries we should be able to affirm are, agree on these things. Yes, they exalt Jesus Christ because they get his identity right, his work right, his you know, that, that's his death, burial, and resurrection, and they get his supremacy right. 
Sweet. And so they honor his word. Yeah. So we should affirm ministries that get those three things right. Good. And you listed some ministries yesterday, even churches nearby. Um, yeah, churches Summit Bible Church, church. In, in Fontana, Morgan, Maitland, pastoring that church, Micah Lug in Foothill, uh, Bible. Foothill Bible over in Upland, Dan Franklin over at Life Bible, um, Travis Cunningham over at Story Church, and, and probably more that I just don't know. Those four men I've met personally and uh, listened to some of their sermons and heard how they're leading their churches, and I happily affirm their ministries. We are on the same team as them. I praise the Lord for the work they're doing. Love it. Um, now, there's people we affirm, we, we agree with, um, and yet, with each of those people you listed or other churches that we we love and admire, we probably disagree on some things. Mm-hmm. Probably other theological issues that aren't so aren't as important, though they are important, that we disagree on. Um, how should we be thinking about those sorts of things? Issues that aren't these, aren't, aren't this big so issue. So we agree on the, the main thing of this exalts Jesus because they get his person, work, and supremacy right. Yes. But they dis- we could disagree on, on secondary issues. Yes. Yeah, like I use the R.C. Sproul illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look across... If I look past you, Michael, at my bookshelves behind you or to the side of you, I look at names and I see, um, let's see, there's Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. We would disagree with him on certain things related to his views on the Holy Spirit. Um, We look at right there is N.D. Wilson. I'm looking at a book by him. I would disagree on his eschatology and some of his ecclesiology uh, straight across from me. Um, is E.M. Bounds, who I think is a little bit different, uh, tends to be more mystical. Um, in other words, almost everywhere I look, I'm looking at people who disagree with what I think is true in some way. But all of these ones I just mentioned, I've benefited from in great ways because mm-hmm. they're Christians who get the big thing right about Jesus, but we, we disagree on these secondary issues. So, so how should we think about these things? Yeah, how, how, when we think about theological issues, might you have a helpful way we could categorize them? Well, it wouldn't be original <laughs> with me, but yes. And this is kind of what we want to give to you, our, our church and our listeners, um, ways to kind of process different doctrinal positions and say, how important is this? Like, can we, can I, if I'm an evangelical going to a, you know, gospel preaching, gospel living church, well, the Roman Catholic church down the street also believes in Jesus. What's the big deal? Shouldn't we all just get along? Um, and, and But then, well, what about the Presbyterian church down the street that has a different view of baptism and church government? So there are different issues, some more important than others. Let's talk through through this system, okay? So uh, I think theological triage was the was coined by Al Mohler back yeah, in the early two thousands. He wrote an article called Theological Triage. You know what triage is, Michael? Triage is a practice that like hospitals use, medical professionals use to rank things of importance greatest so, need yeah greatest need at the moment so uh, if sort one of. guy's got a, a blister on his foot and another guy's bleeding out because his artery is severed even if the guy with the blister on the foot came in first you're going to go with the guy whose artery is severed yeah so cuz he's the more urgent uh, has the more urgent need yeah. so in the same way you can think of doctrines that way 
There are, mm-hmm. they all need to be dealt with. All of God's word is true, inerrant, infallible, and relevant for the Christian. So none of it's irrelevant. It's not like we're saying, well, this is the important stuff. The rest of it doesn't matter. Some are far more important, though, to vitality and health of a church and of a Christian even. Well, let's let's talk through them. So the, the number one tier, the first tier, first rank. So we're thinking about, we're kind of categorizing doctrine. We're thinking about theological triage, tier number one. So, the, so yeah, doctrines we must fight for. These are the ones that require the most earnest attention and Essential care. for salvation. These are essential for salvation. So in this if we think of these like maybe in concentric circles, mm-hmm. like this is the center, this is the bullseye. If you disagree or get this wrong, if you deny these essential truths, you are outside orthodoxy and you are not a Christian. So this is like the first, the you know, very central. Mm-hmm. These are the things actually we talked about yesterday, person yeah. and work of Jesus Christ. And so falling into that category would be the doctrines of you know, Christ's humanity, mm-hmm. Christ's deity. Uh, that would be, you cannot deny those things and still call yourself a Christian. Totally. Um, we would put in that category the substitutionary atonement. Mm-hmm. That's not a theory of the atonement. That's how God accomplished salvation for us through Christ. Um, so those are, those are the first level issues. Remove one of those you cannot be a Christian. What about tier two? Tier two um, is not, let's just say this, it's not, now we're getting to the unimportant issues. Uh, I like, I think Mark Dever likes to say, there's more than two gears on the theological bike. <laughs> it's not just important and unimportant. Right. So we got essential for salvation. These second doctrines, we would say- Those are most important. Those These are, most are important. very important Very still. important. You can disagree on these and go to heaven, but you can't disagree on these and share fellowship in the same church body. Because of how they affect your view of how a church operates? Yeah. So so because uh, the church is free, uh, has the freedom of conscience to read the Bible and do what we think the Bible commands, because we're, we're free, people come up with different uh, interpretations mm-hmm. and they have the freedom because we're not under one like Roman Catholic church or one big bishop or someone who calls all the shots because we believe in the autonomy of local churches, local churches gather together based on what they believe churches should be and do Christians should be and do. And in some of these secondary issues, they disagree. So you're too essential for the health of the church. Yeah. So, so these would be ones that we're saying, like we really believe that we shouldn't baptize our, our babies um, and that we should only baptize those who have a credible profession of faith because right. that really helps the health of the church. We believe the church was designed to be a new covenant community made up of, re- of those who are regenerate. If you baptize a baby, you welcome them into the membership of the church in infancy before they are regenerate. Yeah. Which Those contri- are clearly regenerate. Yeah, so it would not contribute to the health of the church. So so that's why I kind of made the joke in the sermon Sunday saying, I love R.C. Sproul. The Holiness of God Changed My Life, that book he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, his Ligonier Ministries has ministered to me and thousands more. But I couldn't be a member of his church if he said that my infant children needed to be baptized because I would, I would think that's an error. Yeah. 
Um, so I would need to be in a more Baptistic church. Plurality of elders, tier two? Yeah, also a tier two issue. That we believe that the church is not to be run by one man, but by a plurality of men who shepherd the church. And and some churches disagree with that. Presbyterian sure. churches have, they have a session and then above them they have a presbytery. And so there's a different church government, but that's that lands in the tier two. Mm-hmm. So different ways of gathering as a church. Totally. Next would be tier three then. So tier three issues would say we're, they're still important. It's not, again, it's not matters of importance or unimportance. It's, it's how much do these doctrines inhibit fellowship? Like, can we still fellowship together? Right. Um, so I T- think- Tier one is, if you disagree on these, I can't call you a Christian. Because I don't think you have the Holy Spirit that resides yeah. in you. We're not united in that way. Tier two- Yes, we affirm the same gospel. We've trusted in the same person in his work, Jesus Christ, but we disagree on some big things. And so our churches, because of those, I can't go to the same church as you. So, so a Baptist and a Presbyterian, in, because of tier two issues, have to be in different churches, but they, they look at each other, they affirm, mm-hmm. and they could even work together for common causes outside the church. Absolutely. I, I could happily preach at a Presbyterian church and... I would let a Presbyterian preach at Grace Rancho. Amen. Because I think he would do a fine job expositing the text. I just probably wouldn't have him preach Colossians 2 or Genesis 17 or something like that. And you'd be speaking of Presbyterians who still agree on tier one issues because there's other churches who are Presbyterian in name who we wouldn't agree with. Yeah. Um, I like what, I think it's another Mark Deverism, just to interrupt you, sorry. He says, build your fences like related to mm-hmm. tier two, build your fence, build your fences, keep them low, and shake hands over them often. Yeah, it's a good one. So tier three. Yeah. Um, these are things that are important. They help us obey Christ, live out our Christian life in a lot of ways. But people in the same church could disagree on tier three issues. Yeah. So, so we would put into this category your view of end times. Mm-hmm. If you think that Christ comes before the millennium, in the middle of the millennium, at the end of the millennium, um, we, would, we wouldn't we would say that, well, we can't fellowship when with When Christians you. are raptured. Yeah, whether they're raptured. We, we wouldn't say that. We have views on those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe. Uh, we I personally will do a pre-tribulational, pre-mill, you know, view of end times. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's our, our, our view. Um, but we have members who don't hold that view. Sure. Now, if, if it's interesting, once you get into the, theor- the third tier, um, these issues that aren't necessarily ones that we need to separate over, um, they're, they can become things we, we feel like we should separate over. Okay. And so, like, if someone made a big deal out of their eschatology and became so adamant that and dogmatic uh, about dogmatic it, that everyone who doesn't agree with them is is wrong. Um, that might be a, a problem that it could end up being divisive and they're going around trying to teach everyone their view. That would be though we would though them believing that would allow us to feel like we can fellowship with them in a church. They're breaking that fellowship by being so divisive. Yeah. And at it. that point, the, the problems, not that they have a different view, the problems that they are being divisive. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but kind of so, related. So to understanding that. this very practically helps us understand how to relate to other Christians, like we're talking about. Yeah, like hold your views and just understand their relative importance. 
and should never change the way you feel about a brother if you're disagreeing on your end times yeah there could be things in that third tier that do end up shaping the way you think about a church and what it should be and mm-hmm. how it should. So if you have a post-millennial view of end times, for instance, this idea that the church is going to bring in the kingdom uh, through the preaching of the gospel, that culture is going to be transformed. It things, could, are, things are going to get better and better. Yeah. It could, not necessarily, but it could lead you to have a different view of what the mission of the church is. Mm-hmm. And if you think the mission of the church church is cultural transformation, then it would be hard for you to fellowship in a church who believes, like us, that the main mission of the church is make disciples through the preaching of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So you'd be out there trying to change the There'd be similarities there, but ultimately they're different. Definitely overlap, but there might be a difficulty in that. Absolutely. Um, Some things that are important um, can turn into things that are, we feel that we need to divide over and, and, and we don't feel that every issue is that way. Absolutely. You don't need to divide over those things. So moving on from tier three, we got tier one. These are essential for salvation christian or not tier two essential for the health of the church what would right? be some of those tier two issues we, we views on baptism church government uh, yeah church government complementarianism one service um for us perhaps you and i eric more specifically uh the 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 number of services you have starts to be a, a tier two issue because would, of I, how we yeah. are looking at scripture and and seeing um, how the church ought to operate. I wouldn't be able to go to a, a multi-church, multi-church, multi-service Multi-service. church, I think. You'd have a really hard if, time if pastoring were, that church. Yeah. If I were um, to leave here and go, I, I'd try to find a one service somewhere. But I don't know if I'd, if my one service church changed to a two service, I don't know if I'd leave over it. Anyway. Agree. Tier four. Okay. So, okay, so, so that's tier two. Tier three, important to us following Christ, but... Knowing sh- God, knowing revelation. We can disagree and be in the same church on right. tier three issues. Yep. Tier four. Okay, so tier four is really, we just label it unimportant. These are unimportant differences. I prefer... Right. Um, Some of these are going to be the gray area of scripture. Yeah, I prefer this style of music, and you prefer old-fashioned um, hymns, you know, those, that's a different opinion. It's a preference, Mm -hmm. but it's like, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to have different preferences. What, what kind of building we use, whether we meet in a tent or not in a tent, you might say, I like the tent, let's stay in the tent. And I might say, no, let's get back inside. And we've had those kind of disagreements and, um, we, you know, we roll with those things. Right. We have to just learn to understand one another and help one another and try to listen to each other, but definitely not anything to divide over. Totally. What kind of programs do we have as a church? Yeah, what kind of programs? Whether or not we do growth groups or not. Uh, if we have women's teas or not. <laughs> yeah, right. All sorts of different things. So churches make all kinds of different decisions on that, and we would say they're neither right nor wrong. Just make sure you're getting the big things right. Totally. Totally. So now, as we're thinking about these tiers of um, doctrine and theological triage, let's run through a few. Okay. We'll just start going. Play the, the atonement. You mentioned it already. 
it's a it's a level one issue that if you get the atonement wrong i don't know that you could be a christian i don't know if you're get the gospel right you gotta understand that christ died in your place yeah and accomplished the payment for your sins so that you could have his righteousness. And you could be a very simple minded Christian. Just understand that Jesus is my savior mm-hmm. lived, died and rose again for me. And and you might not understand all the ins and outs of substitutionary atonement. And you're just looking to Christ very simply by faith. Um, you can be saved, but you cannot deny like if the, if the doctrine of substitutionary atonement is explained to you and you say, no, I deny that. I don't believe that's true. I just don't see how you can, I think that is such a central reality in in the heart of the gospel that you've Mm -hmm. missed the gospel itself. Yeah. Um, We mentioned it already, but to clarify again, end times. We put that in tier three. We'd say that's true. It's important. We should study it. We we should let it shape our our, our lives. But the timing of certain events at the end of the age, we would not see as something we should break fellowship over and change churches over. Total depravity. Okay, we talked about this one before. We did. You and I had a conversation. Okay, let's let's rehash our conversation. What did you initially say? You you threw it out there. I just said total depravity. It almost feels like feels like a tier one issue. And I said just in response, I said, um, but could you deny total depravity and still be saved? And so, part of the question is, do we know what total depravity means? And and when right. we say total depravity, we are talking about a specific reformed articulation of of a doctrine of sin. Mm-hmm. And what we mean when we say total depravity, we're saying man is, we're not saying man is as bad as that he could possibly be, but we are saying that he is uh, unable due to his fallenness to respond to God, to come to God. He's, to do anything but sin. Uh, yeah. He's unable to please God. Um, he is not free to choose God. He is bound by sin. Um, some say radical depravity, total inability. That's that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're getting at. And and yet there are Arminians who would deny that articulation of humans human sin. They would say You're sinful. we are sinful, but that we have the freedom to choose to believe the gospel mm-hmm. and we would um we would say no we don't have that ability so i actually think it's a tier two issue because arminian like genuine arminians i think are, are going to heaven if they're a genuine arminian who's Who are trusting, trusting in the gospel in, but i do think they are wrong in a very you know i would say a, a pretty serious way yeah that they are wrong about the what the Bible says about what we can do. We the Bible does speak about our total depravity. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. We mm-hmm. cannot come to God. We are deceived in our minds. We are darkened in our understandings. We are uh, deceived by Satan himself, blinded. Like all the metaphors used in mm-hmm. Scripture to describe our sin, we we sum it up by saying we're totally depraved, um, and that we can't love unless God loves us first. We can't respond to God unless He awakens us to life um we could never choose god unless he chose us anyway so uh, it's a incredibly important doctrine i think it's a very important for the health of the church but if you deny it um i think there'll be consequences mm-hmm. I, I think it will you know make us more man-centered if we deny it but i do think you could be an error and yet make it to heaven because you could because like an arminian you could 
believe that, but you can be trusting that Jesus paid your sins and their eternal penalty in full, that you're not paying that, that you're not doing something good to achieve salvation. Christ has achieved salvation on your behalf. Yes. You're you're still holding that, but you're, you think, you think you chose it because you think God enabled you to chose it. I think actually, you know, the Arminian position on that is a little more inconsistent um, with the rest of like, it's, it's not as consistent. Anyway, um, another one mentioned baptism. Baptism is a tier two. Absolutely. Your, your view of baptism is absolutely essential for the health of the church, but not essential for your salvation. Right. So like I said, couldn't be in a church that wants to baptize infants. Could you be in a church that sprinkles? Sprinkles only believers. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, Just throw maybe. that one out there off the cuff. Uh, I'm, I, I, maybe. Because it, in that, that would situation, be kind of that would be kind of bizarre, though. That would I don't know of anyone who would do that, because as long as the under like the meaning of baptism was clear right. and it was doing what it was intended to do. Typically, you don't sprinkle mode, unless you can't dunk the individual. Right. Though. The mode is to me less important, although it is important. <laughs> the mode is meant to signify something. Like I the agree. mode of dunking. The word baptism literally means immerse. So. Wasn't prepared to answer that one. What about purgatory? So if someone embraces the belief of purgatory, mm-hmm. so that would that would, I suppose, if you believe believed in the existence of purgatory apart from any other doctrine, um, I, I don't think it would fall into tier one. But purgatory is articulated by the Roman Catholic Church that believes that purgatory is a place where you pay penance for your sins for however long it takes to cleanse yourself seems to me an outright denial of the sufficiency of the gospel of the atonement of the atonement which would to me be a first tier issue so if you're embracing purgatory you're denying the the finished work of christ anything that is saying you have to work off your sin in some way yeah is denying christ's atonement on your behalf correct yeah so they they're paying for it which means christ did not pay for that sin. Yeah, and we would den- we would denounce that. Mm-hmm. Right. Any others you want to list off? Um. Hmm. Church government. Um, yeah, we mentioned briefly. Yeah, we did. Whether or not you have elders, Whether not a salvation I, issue, yeah. but would be a tier two. Whether you're congregational the church. Or, yeah. Um, um, inerrancy. Yeah, the inerrancy of scripture. That's a tier two. Yep. It's got to be because there are people and, and they're woefully wrong. You should not hold to an inerrant scripture. <laughs> don't, don't buy the lie that Bible has errors. It, it doesn't. The Bible is inerrant because it's inspired. It's God's word. Uh, and there, are, sadly, there are people who are um, even scholars of the Bible who yeah. are more influenced, I think, by maybe worldly philosophy mm-hmm. who have come to embrace this idea that there are errors in the Bible um, but, because they're looking at it from a man's yeah. perspective. It's tier two though, because though you think there are some errors in the Bible, your error is not with the gospel. Yeah. So there are some people that might say, yeah, I think there might be an error, but I believe the gospel. Yeah, I don't think Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Yeah but you're still affirming what Christ did and trusting in him and believing who God is. Um, 
that's one though that if it went far enough could bleed upward into tier one oh, because yeah. you if oh, you yeah. if you don't believe in inerrancy it could start to bleed in how you understand passages that speak of the work of christ i'm on tempted behalf. to put inerrancy in level one i really am i agree but because it so dramatically affects everything else yeah we could say that but we're talking hypotheticals mm-hmm. like hypothetically you could you could think the bible has errors and believe the gospel at the same time now if i'm counseling you you're sitting here and you're telling me you're starting to believe that the Bible is errant. I'm like, I'm concerned about your soul mm-hmm. because it, because that often is the beginning of a di- of a total disintegration of the Christian faith. It um, is. So yeah, we we have a because, high view of Scripture because inerrancy is tied to the character of God. If it's God's word. Yeah. Then then it's going to reflect the character of God, which is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, um, and yeah. so we could say most often that one bleeds upward. But it, 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 it bleeds everywhere. It bleeds all around. It does. It bleeds big time. But again, in hypotheticals, you could believe there's an error in the Bible and still hold the gospel. Now, I'm not recommending doing that. Yeah, like, we, don't go there. But we're, talk we're, to we're us. just, yeah, if you're thinking that, come talk. But we're, we're just trying to help us think through these issues. So... Um, that's that's why I couldn't be in a church that had leaders that did not hold an inerrancy. Mm-hmm. If they if there was a church leader that was like, yeah, we're okay with the you know people believing the Bible is errors, I would just say no, I couldn't I couldn't be in that church because it, it the Bible doesn't have errors, and to suggest it does, as you said, I believe is an assault on the character of God. Mm. Agree. Okay. What about some things that perhaps 50 years ago would have been more prevalent? Some issues like whether or not women can wear pants to church or um, how I should dress when I come to church or uh, whether or not I can watch secular movies or listen to secular music. Where do those fall? Well, it sounds like you're talking about conscience issues. Yeah, so I would I would put those into tier four, where we shouldn't fight or argue, and these shouldn't be things we should separate over. Like Christians in the same church should be able to choose differently, um, you know, what kind of pants they wear and what kind of music they listen to. So they're not unimportant in the sense that we shouldn't care at all about how we dressed or what we wash or anything like that, but. They're not anything that's important enough to divide over. Those tier four issues are informed by scripture, but not really ever commanded one way or another. Yeah, correct. And and use this little model to think about how you relate to Christians that don't go to your same church. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooperate with Christians at work, especially they agree with tier one, but if they disagree with tier two and tier three, they have different ideas of baptism or different ideas of um, church government or whatever, you know, coordinate with them, cooperate with them, pray with them and and fight for unity. If, if they disagree on, on level one issues, um, beware <laughs> that, that they may not actually know the gospel. 
And you might actually be not talking to a brother or sister, but talking to someone who needs to, to hear uh, the truth about who Jesus is and what he accomplished. True. Important that we think about these things, though, so that we aren't dividing over things we shouldn't divide over. Yeah. So. All right. Thinking again about theological education, I'm going to plug it. Okay. Core seminars coming up in fall 2021. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're interested, we might not talk about the tears every week, but we're going to talk about theology and its ins and outs and important pieces of it. That's right. And hopefully it'll be something to build up our church. Eric, thinking about theology, maybe not necessarily theological triage, but theology and and understanding it or thinking about unity, uh, any book recommendations? Uh, book I recommendations. Got one I'm you got one? Well, just because we're talking about theology. What is it? Uh, the R.C. Sproul one that we read. Everyone's a theologian. Oh yeah, and it's a good. You're setting a good example for us choosing someone. We, oh, look at me go. Uh, agree with on on level one, but I just embody this. On level two, um, that's a good book. It just has short chapters on different theological issues. Another one just like that. I'll go ahead and recommend um, by an Anglican. Um, named J.I. There, Packer. There we go. J.I. Packer. And his book, Concise Theology. You thought Never I was going to say one. Knowing God. Concise Theology is like a page, maybe a page and a half. Um, each chapter is about that length. And he goes through doctrines. He's so good at articulating things. Both of those men, R.C. Sproul and J.I. Packer, are amazing at articulating theology and doctrine so that you can understand in it. concise, clear, understandable, digestible ways. Yeah. Ashley got concise theology. She's been working through it slowly. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for talking today. We hope to see you all soon. All right.